Hello, I'm Leanne Townsend, a family law lawyer and chair of the family law group at Mills and Mills LLP. Welcome to Divorcing Well. In this week's episode, I am really excited about my guest. Her name is Karen McMahon, and she's a certified relationship and divorce coach. And we're going to be chatting about divorce recovery. And in particular, Karen is going to share her story and her 12-step divorce recovery approach that she uses uh, to help other people, uh, particularly men and women around the world who are going through their own divorce, to help them recover from their divorce. So welcome to the podcast, Karen. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Well, thank you for joining me. Um, Why don't we just start off by having you share with listeners a little bit about your own story. I found myself heading down the path of divorce uh, maybe five years into my marriage. Uh, I had two young children. I went to therapy. We went to marriage counseling. We went to a retrovive program, like one of those long weekends. I was very hopeful. And then I wasn't over and over again. And, and, it got to a point where I had to file and I'm a child of divorce. So the last thing in the world I ever wanted to do um, was file for divorce. And my kids, when I sat them down to tell them were about four and six and it was heartbreaking. It breaks my heart today thinking about it. And, uh, and then I entered a three and a half year high conflict divorce Mm -hmm. and learned a lot about personality disorders and learned a lot about myself and my family of origin and the rather large luggage of issues I brought to the table as well. And for me, uh, my therapist was amazing. I did, there were, I was unaware of coaches back then, but she was, she was coach-like and, and then I entered a 12-step program because my dad was an alcoholic. My mom was a rageaholic. So I went to adult children of alcoholics. And then I went to Al-Anon. And that, that informed the path through my divorce because the 12 steps tells you keep the focus on yourself and, and, and work on yourself and stop trying to fix the other person or clean up their mess and what have you. And that just really resonated with me. And over the course of the next three and a half years, I did a lot of, I learned a lot about myself and I did a lot of work and I, I went in a pretty lost, my therapist said I was a shell of the person she had met years earlier. So I went in very lost and broken, I guess I would say. And I emerged really loving myself and confident and a better parent and I think just a better person. And so what was this devastating, horrific path ahead of me ended up being such a gift. And, uh, and so when I emerged, I was, I was at the time I was in sales and I was selling commercial printing and that fell pretty darn flat. And I knew I had to do something more important. I couldn't have gone through such a, a significant transformation. I just felt like God had to have something more important for me to do in this world. And I found coaching. And in 2010, I um, I became a certified life coach. And I just knew immediately that my audience was going to be men and women in the before, during, and after stages of divorce. That's amazing. And I mean, I really like... Uh, the way that you um, have founded this 12-step divorce recovery program, because as you touched upon, like there's so many 
12 step programs for, you know, various issues, um, often like addiction related issues, but, you know, for, for a variety of things. And um, the basis of, you know, these programs, um, you know, really is about accountability, healing, um, and, and those sorts of things, which, uh, you know, I think are really important in the divorce process. So um, I think like, what a great idea that you were able to take that program and adapt it for people going through divorce. Yeah. And, and I, I'd like to say up front, we, we do not follow the tenets of, of the 12 step programs. Uh, like our, our 12 steps are very different. Um, yeah. However, the spirit of it, the spirit of uh, what's happening is for you, not at you, that if you keep the focus on yourself through, and I believe this through any trial or tribulation that you're going through, when you keep the focus on yourself and, and what is in this difficult situation for you, you, you get to find um, the golden nuggets, you get to find the treasures, and you get to be that phoenix rising from the ashes. And that, that was our intention. And me and my business partner, Lisa Brick, uh, a couple of years into the business, maybe by 2012, we decided, let's sit down. We've coached so many people. Let's see what are the common struggles that they have. Let's just list them. And, you know, there were, there were probably like 50 and we kept boiling them down and boiling them down. And, and at that point, I said, you know, I, I want to make it a 12-step. Let's make this a 12-step recovery program. And we we did that. And it's since helped thousands of people navigate their divorce with more grace and dignity. That's amazing. So can you tell us a little bit about the program? So, um, you know, what are the 12 steps? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for asking. So, um we won't be able to go through all of the steps, but I'm going to mention, I'll, I'll dig into a few and I'll mention a few others. So, so step one is curb the conflict. So whether you're in a garden variety divorce and you can be amicable, or if you're in a high conflict divorce, there's conflict. Obviously things haven't gone well. We're not, we're not getting along as partners. And so there's conflict. So step one is for everybody, because what happens is, with most of us is when somebody says or does something or a situation comes up and we get triggered, our, our natural reaction is to blame something external to us. He said that he pissed me off. The court is doing this thing. I'm angry. And and so we get reactive. Um, And instead of owning our reactiveness, we tend to blame something external. And if that would just be different or he or she would just be different, then I could be better. Well, there's no power in that. That's so disempowering. Um, And so the truth is when we get triggered, um, it's our triggers predate our marriage and the situation that we're in. And so when we get triggered, when we go from zero to a hundred, the opportunity is to say, yes, he or she may have done something displeasing, wrong, out of integrity, whatever. But what, what was my interpretation? Why am I so reactive? And when we can figure out what our triggers are, a trigger of mine was not being heard or seen. 
a trigger of mine was disrespect. And so when something would happen that would touch that trigger, I would become a rageaholic like my mom was. So what we teach our clients in step one is slow things down. The minute you feel that heat wave, that reactivity, disengage if you can, and or as quickly as you can, and, and take some time to figure out what's going on with you. And when you slow it down, you start noticing the story. You're, oh, he did that because he's trying to get at me. So then your story makes it even worse. And your story usually isn't true. It's just the thought that you have in your head. So step one is slow your reaction so that you can see what, slow things down so you can see what your trigger is. And that instead of coming back reactive and hostile, you can come back responsive. That is a practice that you start immediately. And over the course of time, we get better at it. We catch ourselves quicker. At first, we could be a hot mess and raging before we even realize, oh, shoot, I'm triggered and I'm frothing at the mouth. But as you do the work more, you start catching yourself sooner. This is going to help you with your kids. Certainly when they become teenagers and young adults, it's going to help you. It's going to help you in every situation. So step one is curb the conflict. We have two steps in in the program that are all about the emotions, and that's step two and step five. Step two is heal the hurt, and step five is um, grieve well through divorce. And there's such a lack of honoring of the death that that divorce is and the, the vital importance of going through all of those emotions. And so in our society, people take anti-depression and anti-anxiety medication, they drink, they road rage, they do all of these things to avoid or numb or distract from the feelings. And so step two and five really talk about how vitally important it is to honor all of the feelings, the shame, the guilt, the anger, the hurt, the fear, the depression, all of that, because when you can honor it and the way you honor it is you process it through talking with a coach or a therapist or a friend and you release it, you let it go. And if, if people go through and have a brilliant settlement, you know, this land, if they have a brilliant settlement, but they haven't done that emotional work, they haven't emotionally divorced they go on for years in that same struggle or dysfunctional dance because they haven't disconnected. Yeah, no, I mean, I see a lot of that. Um, and, you know, I, I think those are both great points. Um, the first one that you made is something I tell clients all the time. It's about, you know, you can't control what the other person's going to do, but you can manage your reaction to it. And, you know, often couples, you know, they are so triggering of each other, you know, they yes. know exactly how to trigger the other one. And it's a predictable dance that they're in one's going to do this the other will do that then it's this one and it, it's so predictable um yes but as soon as one you know will step out of that dance and control their reaction it changes the whole dynamic it's so important you know to do that and then you know with respect to your latter point as well i mean i see that so often um with clients as well, you know, I, I, I'm actually thinking like so many people could use this program uh, as they're going through divorce. Yeah. And it's super, super affordable. And just a little detail before I talk about a few more of the steps. So the program is 12 steps in 12 months. So you can really do it at your leisure. Um, some people 
who um, are fast might go through more than once. And then each step has um, an audio lesson. It has a transcript of the audio. It has an article. It has a video that's almost like a trailer that gives a, a quick glimpse of it. And we have a monthly support group. So all of these people get to get, get together on Zoom and be coached and hear each other. And so there's, community, there's a Facebook community, there's connection, there's this coaching group. So it's very, very robust. And especially for people who either can't afford one-on-one -on -one coaching or who prefer doing work on their own or who like to dive deep into issues, this is this ends up being a really, really good um, alternative for them. That's great. So what are some of the other um, uh, components or, or steps in the program? Step three <laughs> is calm the chaos. And while there's so much chaos going on outside of us, what we tell our clients is 99% of the problem is happening between your ears. When you begin to notice your thought patterns, because our thoughts are hardwired into our feelings. So people will say to me, I just don't want to feel this sad anymore. Help me to change my feeling. And I'm like, no, we have to go back to the story you're telling. Because when we look at the story you're telling, it's a sad, sad story. So you're depressed or it's an angry story or it's a blaming story. Calming the chaos is all about there's four actual um, mental obstacles. And I'll just list them quickly. One is the limiting beliefs that we were raised with cultural, religious, otherwise. One is our interpretations of what's actually being said or done. One is our assumptions of what the other person or the situation is going to unfold like. And the biggest one is our inner critic. You're not worthy. You're not good enough. You're not this enough. You're not that enough. All of those messages in our head are causing us to be reactive and creating our external chaos. When our clients grab this and get it and they begin to pay more attention to their, their thought habits, I want to use the word habits because they can be changed, they begin to see their emotional experience changing dramatically. And just like you said earlier about stepping away from this dysfunctional dance, you get to step away from so much of the external chaos because you realize in 12 steps, they say, how important is it? That's one of the questions I love. How important is it? Is it really that critical? And you step away from a lot of things and you, and as you step away from chaos and as you begin to curb conflict, you become calm, clear, and confident. And when you're calm, clear, and confident, attorneys like you, Leanne, love clients <laughs> like that yes. because they can partner with you. They can be effective. They can be efficient. They can help you help them so much better, can't they? No, for sure. I mean, that's, you know, one of the things, and, and it'll also help them save money because, you yes. know, when, when I start becoming the, the quasi therapist for the client, you know, giving them non-legal advice just because they need to vent and they don't have anyone else to vent to, that's when, it, you know, it does become much more expensive. But when, you know, someone is able to to deal with their emotions and that part of things, you know, separate from me and just come to me as a calm, clear-headed, client and work with me on the legal stuff it's just so much more efficient and cost effective and they're going to get you know a, a better result 
It's going to go faster. Their result is going to get better and they're going to have more money in their pocket at the end of it. Exactly. Exactly. Which brings us to step four is uh, be solution oriented. So most clients are super glued to the problem. So when I'm coaching someone, we'll talk about the problem. We'll look at the problem from all the angles. And then as soon as we start getting into the solution, two seconds later, they're talking about the problem again. It's like, we don't have to talk about it anymore. We know it, but it's so magnetic. And so step four is really, each of these steps trains you. Like it sounds like a great idea, but how do you do it? And so this is a coaching approach to 12 steps. So each one trains you of the things that you can do, the strategies and tools that you can use to continue to shift from problem to solution. Another issue we have found um, so many people get stuck on is judgment. So step six is about judgment. It's called escape the battle because the battle is happening because of all the judgment on both sides of the street. And when you replace all of your judgment, you know what she did, why she did it, how she did it, what she meant to do to hurt you, et cetera. It's all a story in your head. When you can let go of all that judgment of wrong, bad, terrible, and, and replace it with curiosity, help me to understand you know, why you did that thing. Uh, Let's talk through uh, what your thinking was. When you can be more curious about yourself and about those you're engaged with, you bring the judgment down. And when you bring your judgment down, you actually bring your peace and calm up. And so step six is a game changer. And step seven is all about the story, all about step step seven is completely about rekindling your confidence by becoming crystal clear about the way that you're thinking and and rewriting the story multiple times a day, every day, until you just have a healthier, more life-fulfilling story always going on. And I think that's so important because one of the things that, you know, I see happen and, and it happened to myself, even when I could, when I went through my own divorce is I think when, you know, when you've been in a, an unhealthy relationship and you feel that you've been, you know, spoken to in it badly or in an abusive way, or, you know, however yep. you want to characterize it, it's easy to, you know, you become disempowered, your confidence goes down, your self-esteem is down and, you do feel like a victim and, and you may very well be a victim. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, lots of people coming out of bad, unhealthy relationships, you know, can be victims. Um, but what I find is you fall into that powerless sort of mentality and mindset and, and it becomes very hard to, to break out of that. And, you know, you've got this story that you, you were a victim in this bad relationship and, and you were, it's not that you weren't, but it's how do you, you know, move forward and become empowered. And it's, you know, it sounds like it's about changing your story. It's about changing your story. And, you know, to your point, I would say I was absolutely a victim of abuse. I was a victim of a huge amount of verbal and emotional abuse. Uh, However, if I stayed in my victim story, I was powerless. But if I was able to say, well, how did I get here? Well, alcoholic dad, rageaholic mom, codependent Karen, lost my voice, swallowed my words, uh, 
acted the martyr, didn't ask for what I needed, got bitter and resentful. And so, and so what role did that play in the dynamic? It, it, it's like pouring gasoline on a fire. It's fueling the dynamic. And so even when we are truly victims, um, you know, and everyone believes that they're married to a narcissist and, and, and the bottom line is you're at least in a difficult or toxic relationship. If all your focus is on him or her, you're losing all of the opportunity to learn what you need to change. And if, and this is what happens, Leanne, and tell me if you would agree with this, there's a reason that second and third marriages have higher divorce rates than first marriages. And it's because people go out thinking that they divorce the problem and they go and they meet another man or woman in this, the, the same man or woman in a different body. They rinse and repeat. They go through that honeymoon stage and then they all say the same thing. Like, I, why does this keep happening to me? And if you even look at that question, the question puts you in the victim place. It's happening to me. I'm an adult. What role did I play in this unfolding this way? And that's the beauty of it. Step nine is about acceptance. And this is the last step I'll talk about. And it's it's step nine because acceptance is really challenging. And acceptance is everything from uh, if you're listening and you've ever heard yourself say, I can't believe he or she did X, Y, or Z. And you happen to be married to this person for 15, 20, 30 years. My question to you is, have they ever done it before? And your answer is going to be like, yeah, all the time. That's resistance. That's saying, I can't believe something that I've experienced day in and day out for years. Well, of course you can believe it, but you're in resistance of how the person is showing up. You want them to show up different. And every day you wake up and you open your eyes and you're hoping today's the day, but it doesn't work that way. And when we can accept our own shortcomings, I accept that I'm a codependent and I have work to do. I accept that he uh, was raised in a loud Italian family and, you know, gets really loud and cusses when he gets mad. When you can accept it, acceptance opens up choice. Resistance gives you no choice because you just don't want to believe it should be that way. So in every aspect of divorce, when we can help our clients step into acceptance of their spouse, acceptance of, of the slowness of the court system, acceptance of the reality of the finances, acceptance of the reality of the shared parenting. When they step into acceptance, they have so many more choices. They can be creative and, okay, this is going to go down in this direction. What are my choices for navigating it as best I can? Step nine is brilliant. You're stepping away from resistance and really embracing acceptance. And that's a game changer. When it reminds me of the, I think it's the, the AA serenity uh, prayer, you know, God grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot, I cannot change, change. To change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And, yes. you know, it's so true. And what I find I see in clients um, is, you know, they have a lot of anger, sadness, you know, all these things, because they, in their minds, you know, maybe they feel like they wasted 20 years with this person, and they can't get back those 20 years. 
and they've made mistakes and they should have maybe got out of the relationship sooner in an ideal world, but they, for a variety of reasons, you know, they didn't. And so coming to that acceptance is yep. really challenging. And, you know, it reminds me, like I have a client right now and she's in her fifties and she was, but was in a, you know, 20 year relationship. She was a stay at home mom and um, her ex-husband is, is an awful guy and he's, he's also awful with money and he made a lot of money, but he's, you know, as a couple, they spent it a lot. And so she's finding herself in her fifties with nothing part pretty much and, and having not worked you know, since her twenties. And I think, you know, it's very hard to come to that acceptance point for her um, because it's all that, you know, there's so much anger at him and not knowing what was going on. And, and, um, you know, and I think she's probably feeling a little bit like, why did I stay in this relationship and why, you know, and now look at this, I, I put in, I put up with all this horrible behavior and now I find myself 50 having to go back into the workforce have with no money. Um, and so the acceptance is really hard. Acceptance is hard. You know, all of this is hard. In fact, what we say to people is coaching and the 12 step program. Uh, it takes courage. It is so easy to look across the street and point your finger and blame and accuse. That's the easy thing to do. Yeah. It doesn't end up being easy in the long run. It hurts you in the long run because you keep creating the same problem. So even your client, the first thing is we have to have such gentle kindness and compassion for ourselves. So replace your self-condemnation with self-compassion. That's like, that's foundational. You will not do this work. You will not succeed. You will not emerge healthier if you're beating the shit out of yourself the whole time. Mm -hmm. You have to have self-kindness and compassion. And then you look in the mirror and say, okay, I'm a 50-year-old woman. What was my part? Why didn't I ask about the finances? What were my greatest fears? Compassion, self-compassion. Okay, how true were they? What's my fear now? Oh, my God. I left my divorce. I left my marriage at, um, God, how old was I? I guess it was, I was about 45 uh, with $60,000 in debt two children, barely in grade school, and an ex who was paying a third of the legally recommended child support and called it his month, my monthly extortion check. <laughs> and then I got into a coaching program where nobody was going to hire me and I had to build a business. When you have a mindset that I love my kids, I, I am capable and failure isn't an option. That's a mindset. That's a mindset that's going to drive you. And so what we do with our clients who are understandably scared to death and just have the story like, oh, my God, I'm going to be penniless. I'm going to live in the street or in some basement apartment. And, and, and here's a big one. I'm 50 years old and nobody's ever going to love me again. Like I'm old and crusty. Oh, my goodness. Like I get that all the time. Yeah. And then a year and a half later, I get a phone call with someone giggling, saying they met this amazing <laughs> person. And, and so it's those stories. And so the reality is hard. Divorce sucks. It sucks. It's so hard. If it's going to be hard, use that pain as fuel to fuel possibility for your future. Don't just go through it miserable. Go through it and rise from the ashes. And, and that's what our 12-step program really invites people to do is claim your power, be empowered, 
um, and, and fuel your future with all of the pain through your divorce. Well, I think your program sounds amazing and you are amazing and inspiring. And I'm definitely going to keep you and your program in mind for my own clients, because it sounds like you do help people all over the world. It's, I know you're, you were chatting before we started recording. You're in New York right now, but you, you know, you have clients everywhere. So for those who are listening, who would like to learn more or to work with you, how can they find you? Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, Journey Beyond Divorce is a team of six coaches from coast to coast. Um, and we do, we coach across the English speaking world. Um, and everything is Journey Beyond Divorce, our Facebook page, our free Facebook community. We have a podcast uh, with series. But the thing that I would like to offer your, your listeners the most is we have a free gift and it's a rapid relief call. It's a one hour coaching call with one of our coaches and you bring any topic you want, no strings attached, you walk away with new perspectives and an action plan and really get the flavor of what, what's possible. And that's at rapidreliefcall.com. Uh, you just go there, you pick your best time on the calendar and, uh, and you show up ready to do the work and you'll be amazed at what you can accomplish in one hour. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you for offering that to uh, my listeners. I think that uh, sounds like a great opportunity for them. Well, thank you so much, Karen, uh, for joining me. The uh, listeners won't know this, but we're recording it on a Saturday morning at 9am. So thank you for taking time out of your weekend. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. And I look forward to uh, learning, you know, watching your program. And, and as I say, I'll definitely keep it in mind for my clients. Awesome. Thank you so much, Leanne. And thank you to my listeners. Please like, subscribe, and join me here again next week on Divorcing Well. Hi, my name is Janet Finaki, and I'm the host of the Resilient People podcast. I interview regular people from around the world who've experienced something major in their lives, bounced back, and found a purpose in helping others be resilient too. They're folks like you and me, and their stories are totally relatable, extraordinary, and inspiring. I had no idea what I could do until I did it. But it's the motivation of doing for other people that you know need support, need help, that you're able to really push and dig and find what you can do. Have an open discussion and not write us off and allow us to actually talk about our disability. Like, don't assume my limits mm -hmm. for me. You know, we went for a drive, told her what her mom was going through and what the likely outcome is going to happen. And we both just bawled. And then finally, Kate just said that we need to have hope. And to be resilient, you have to, you have, to have hope. Join me as we get to know some incredibly resilient people. The Resilient People Podcast is everywhere you get your podcasts. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thank you for joining me on Divorcing Well. If you have any separation or divorce questions, you can get in touch with me via my website at www.leannetownsend.ca.